This is Top Floor Episode 100. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 100. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast ride up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. It's your old pal, Susan Berry. And I am here to celebrate episode 100 of Top Floor with my sister and favorite guest, Kat Meek. Longtime listeners will remember Kat from episode one, episode 53, which was the show's first birthday, and episode 65 and 66, when we talked about some of our family's holiday traditions. For those of you who haven't listened to those yet, Kat is a real estate investor and restaurant owner. She has spent about... 30 years in the restaurant business working. Keep in mind, I was 15 <laughs> when I started. Well, you've Make worked. Me sound like a grandma. I mean, you've worked every job from fry guy to sommelier to general manager. And you and your husband have a restaurant empire in Panama City Beach, Florida, which is where we're from. At its busiest, the empire included five locations, a catering company, and a fine dining cooking demonstration series. And now you are working your way out with one location left and a food truck. You also own several vacation rentals and you are transitioning into full-time real estate investment. Well, you make me sound way more accomplished than I am. But So thank you. That thank is you. not true. But everyone can and should go listen to those other episodes to get all of the details about Kat's businesses and career because they are very interesting and informative and funny. And we do not have time to rehash all that crap today because we are here to talk about our recent trip to Alaska. But before we do, we need to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for burning questions from hospitality professionals and other people who call in off the street. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, you can call or text me at 850-404-9630. Today's question comes from basically everyone and no one because I am constantly telling people about my quest to visit all 50 states before I turn 50. And the question is, why am I doing this? And the answer is kind of weird. And it has to do with the fact that when I started my company and my husband, Sean, started his company... We didn't think that we would be able to do a ton of European travel, South American travel, like sort of out of the country travel. 
And so we decided that we were going to focus on visiting all of the states. And because I was getting hired by hotels, you know, here, there, and everywhere to come and do consulting and help them, I had already knocked out a whole bunch. And so when I sat down and counted them up and I was like a good chunk of the way there, I was like, well, this seems like an achievable goal. And so now I have just a few years left and about 13 states left to go. Do you, Kat, have any sort of a quest that you're on? Like, are you trying to achieve anything? And is there an age limit that you're trying to achieve it by? I don't have a specific uh, uh, goal that's got an end, for example. Like, I don't have a checklist and after I get all 50. But uh, my husband and I... You know him as Mike, your brother-in-law. <laughs> yes. Um, we want to travel and visit and see all of the sort of iconic um, concert venues. So, for example, the you know Red Rocks. Of course, we lived in Denver and saw many shows there, or the Hollywood Bowl in LA, and just recently went to um, the Amp, the St. Augustine Amphitheater. Super small, cozy all these really iconic venues. Um, so that that's kind of our thing, but no set time frame, no set anything except for like just an excuse to go see concerts. That's a really good one. <laughs> you and I have another quest, or I guess it's more like a goal, which is to start doing an episode every month or two where we have cocktails and talk about travel and dining and our weird family traditions because we could probably just do a whole show about that. Yeah. So since today is episode 100, we thought that we would kick that new goal off with this episode and a cocktail that we both love, which is the paper plane. So what is a paper plane cat? Uh, well, for me, a paper plane, the first time I ever had it, it was at the Carousel Bar in New Orleans. It's the... What's the hotel? Uh, Monteleon. Monteleon, yes. And it's the cool bar that revolves... Or the seats revolve around the bar and it looks like an actual carousel. And that was the first time I had the paper plane. And so for me, it's more about the memory of one of those trips than it is anything else. And you know, the, the, the flavors are wonderful and, and herbaceous and all these things. But for me, it's more about the memory. Well, I think that's true about so many cocktails. The paper plane is one of kind of a style of cocktail. It's an equal parts drink. And so it's kind of in this class of drinks that started with the Corpse Reviver. I think it's the Corpse Reviver number two. And um, the last word, which is a drink that people either love or hate because it has like a really strong flavor to it with green chartreuse. Um, but it's so it's equal parts rye, amaro, Aperol and lemon juice, like so you can make it with three quarters of an ounce of each of those or one ounce of each of those, which is kind of what we did today, one ounce of each. <laughs> and it was created by Sasha Petrosky and Sam Ross. So those are some really famous mixologists, bartender guys. They, I think, made it for a friend of theirs, but 
it's interesting to me because every time I see Sasha's name, Sasha worked as a consultant for W when I was working for W. And so I worked with him when I moved here to Atlanta to open the W Atlanta downtown. He was consulting on the bar that we opened there and I got to know him. And he and I have had very similar tastes in like old school barware and kind of like purists about ice and fresh juices and all that stuff. That is so cool that you actually know... The per- knew the person that created this drink. That, well, I mean, cool. he probably didn't know me, but I definitely knew him. Listen, y'all, y'all are besties. Okay? <laughs> well, he passed away a few years ago, but he put out, or his wife put out posthumously an excellent cocktail book that he was in the process of writing. I highly recommend that everyone go out and get it. And I'll link it in the show notes. It's so good. It's surprising to me that you like this drink because you have not always been a cocktail person. It's definitely been something that's happened in the past five to 10 years. Because also, you know, in my market where where I live in Panama City, it's not in Panama City, Florida. It's not exactly like a metropolis by any stretch. <laughs> so, you know, we're we're talking about, you know, beer and daiquiris. That's what people make and sell around here. So this craft cocktails and things like that aren't something that are readily available to me. So it's something that through travel, I really have a chance to explore different tastes. And I know when I had it, I was like, this sounds so weird, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's really good. Well, it's also not a typical taste for me because I'm not usually like a brown liquor person, but I love this drink. But I also think that our taste buds have changed because basically our taste in wine has completely flip-flopped in the last few years. Agreed. I know I used to be like, you know, Chardonnay, Pinot Grigios, things like that. And now I'm more towards red wine. Whereas I used to only drink red wine and now I only want to drink Chardonnay and I can barely stand drinking red wine. I don't understand how that happens. It's interesting. There should be like, we should be a study. We should find a scientist to do a study on us. I know. And also beer. So beer is something that I used to love. And it's been a few years now, and I'm just not... Now, I've had some recently. I'm not going to lie. I found one I like. <laughs> but it's a, it, it's something that I kind of moved away from. You know, they say your taste buds change like every seven years or something like that. So, I, I mean... so. It's like skin. It's You're you're regenerating your taste buds or that like flopping off or something. Gross, oh, but true. Imagery at its finest. Well, you definitely had some beer on our recent trip to Alaska. So let's get down to business and talk about what I think was a pretty once-in-a-lifetime experience, something that I will never forget. Oh my God, it was amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Explain how you know Megan or how you got connected with her. Okay, so Megan Grant is the founder and her title is memory creator, which I think is so cool of Cherish. I know of Cherish Tours. She was our guest in episode 95. And I met her in the most random way. 
I don't know about our listeners, but I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook anymore. But there are a couple of reasons that I go there. And one of them is because I'm part of this excellent marketing and communications group for women in Atlanta. And so she had posted looking for travel people, travel and hospitality people to connect with. She had some spots available on her Alaska trip. And she wanted to invite some people to come on the trip and help her promote her company and help her think of ways to market her business to future travelers. So some of the other people in the group tagged me in that post and suggested that I raise my hand and I did. And Megan and I talked and you know came up with some ideas for how we could collaborate. And she ended up inviting me to go on the trip. And in return, we put together an episode of the show. And we will be doing some advertising for Cherish Tours and some other stuff in the coming months. I'll tell you what, if I had gone on that trip... I would be screaming from the rooftops about her company because it was such an amazing experience. And... I, it was so unique. It was such an interesting thing to do because it's completely for women solo travelers. So it's designed for women to be able to go on trips that they may not feel comfortable taking by themselves. And she puts together itineraries and matches you up with groups of people who are traveling to those places, sets it all up, you pay the fee, and then you go. It was amazing. But that's how we connected. It turned out that she lives like 5 miles away from me in, here in Atlanta. And we have been in communication and been working on you know, collaborating and working together ever since. That's really cool. And I love the fact that there is that group whether it's on a Facebook group or however y'all end up meeting otherwise in Atlanta, that it's women supporting women. I mean, I think that that is a super cool dynamic. Yeah, it is. It's a really good group. You know, it's interesting because something that keeps coming up for this podcast is people asking me how much it costs to be on the show. I do not charge an appearance fee, but apparently that's becoming more and more common. And I feel so weird about it, especially because it seems like it's not ever disclosed. So I just want to be very clear that I did get to go on a free trip to Alaska in exchange for giving Megan ad spots on this show. Um, But there is not a world in which I would let somebody be on the show, charge them a fee and just not ever tell my audience. That seems icky and weird to me. Well, I don't know. What do you, well, is listen, that? I'm, I'm not, I'm not paying the fee. Okay. I mean, you know, more power to all podcasters. It's, it's a lot more work than it seems like. And everybody has to make a living. It's just for me, that's not something that would feel good. Anyway, who cares about all that? Back to Alaska. You got involved because 
there ended up being another empty seat on the trip. And Megan gave me the opportunity to invite someone to come with me. And of course, you were the first person that I asked. You didn't get to come for free, but you were able to join us. What did you think when I first asked you? Was it like an immediate yes, an immediate no, or what What was going on in your mind? When you brought it up to me, I was just like, oh my God, are you serious? No way. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to ask or bring it up to my husband and tell him that he can't go. And I've got this great opportunity and ah, what do I do? But I was so excited. Like it was an almost immediate yes for me, but I needed to take his feelings and everything into account. Not to mention the fact that he had to cover me at work and home and everything else. It was pretty close to the departure date when you signed on. So you had to jump right in and pick out all of your excursions and look at all the materials and all that stuff. So just to take a step back for a second, there, in addition to the itinerary, there were extra things that we could add on for an additional cost. And I think there were maybe like four or five that we could choose from. Um, And so we had to go through those and read all about them and see what we wanted to do and pick them. And you did not, I know, have very much time to do that. But it was so well organized. Like you get kind of a brochure to read through. Here are all the choices. You know, here's the different stuff that you can do. And then you have a one-on-one call with Megan and she kind of goes through it all with you as well. Um, we both ended up picking the same thing, which was dog sledding. It was the coolest top three things I've ever done in my whole life. Also, by the way, same could not agree more. And we'll come back to that in a second. I loved all the other stuff, like all the materials that were ready for us. Like there was a packing list and kind of, uh, you know, what to expect in terms of the weather and safety and all that stuff. It was just really professional in advance, which not for nothing, but, you know, a smaller tour company like that, you might not expect that it would be as professional as an internationally famous tour company, but it actually was more so in my experience. It, so and it felt that pers- was really cool. It felt personalized. So you got your own specific, okay, if you're doing X, Y, and Z excursion, then you need to make sure you bring this, that, or the other thing. I mean, yeah, it was very, yeah, totally. and as somebody who like, I am an overthinker and over planner for travel because I don't want to forget anything or what if, or just in case, and you know, all that, I felt like all of that was covered. What were some of the things that you were nervous about or you know what I mean like what were what was on your mind going into it my big thing was shoes i was so worried and i think rightly by the way that i didn't have the right shoes and that i was going to you know break my ankle or something i think i did not have the right shoes i didn't have terrible shoes but I wish I had different shoes, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and mine wasn't so much about the packing. I think it was more about getting to know these other women and the personality types and would uh, we get along or what would that dynamic be like? Really? Yeah. I know. See, I have no worries about that well, at all. And and you're a lot nicer than me. It would seem like it would be the other <laughs> way around. I don't know. I think it's that, you know, 
I've never done, I had never done anything like this. There was a point where I was a little like, oh gosh, I'm packing too many things. So I have the right stuff for this activity or that activity. And I know I did ask you several times, um, you know, what, what are you, what are you going to bring for this? And what are you going to bring for that? And, you know, I, there was some of that. Well, it was hard to know about the weather too, because it's daylight 22 hours a day while we were there. So even though the temperatures weren't that hot, daylight is all the time. So it's hotter than it seems. But then as it turned out, it was unseasonably cold while we were there. So that was a whole other thing. So the layers... When people say layers are the key, they are not just being cute. Like that is a legit piece of advice. Like that's for real. You really need to listen when somebody says that to you. Well, and you know, I'm a little bit obsessed with weather as it is. (laughs) No. I know. I know. Big surprise. But I started looking at the 10 or 14 day outlook, you know, the minute that... I signed on for this trip, which was mm-hmm. well before 10 or 14 days. I mean, it wasn't like months and months, but I mean, it kept changing. So that did give me a little bit of like, uh, like it was it, by 10, 10 to 15 degrees, it was changing or sunny yeah. versus yeah. overcast. And I mean, yeah. Okay. Listen, my name is Kat and I'm here to confess that packing was probably my highest. <laughs> Level of, of uh, anxious energy for the trip, and uh, yeah, I, I packed and repacked several times. So there you, have. you did, yeah. huh? I didn't. I mean, I think also because I knew I didn't. I knew we weren't doing anything that was like dressy or fancy, so I didn't have to worry about looking nice. I just had to worry about am I going to be too hot or too cold. So that was helpful. I'm going to jump into the conversation here so that you know what Cherish Tours are booking right now. There are a bunch of options for women who want to join a curated travel experience that is designed to cultivate connections and support women in business in local communities. You will definitely want to save your spot for one of these trips. In April 2024, Cherish will be making the company's sixth trip to Costa Rica, visiting the Pacific Coast this time. The trip includes coffee, chocolate, and the beach, which I just love all of those words. Or if you are less into beaches and more into maybe having your mind blown, take a look at the Turkey trip scheduled for June 2024. The Turkey trip is a blend of things like a historical walking tour through Istanbul with more adventure-based excursions like riding ATVs and hot air balloons. It's definitely easy to get started. The trip deposit is $500 and Cherish Tours offers payment plans to help you save up. Visit GoCherishTours.com to get all of the details. And just for Top Floor listeners, you can use the promo code TOPFLOOR to get $100 off. That is GoCherishTours.com, promo code TOPFLOOR. And now back to the show. What was it like when we got to the hotel? It was... First of all, like seven o'clock at night. So it was really weird because it's still light outside. 
and uh, like bright light, like full sun, like not noon, like dust, like noon yeah. sun at seven p.m. Uh-huh. But it was um, it was really nice because Aubrey met us, our our guide, our our leader, our fearless leader, uh, yes. met us in the lobby, and so it was like, oh, hi, and you know. And she's like, here, I've got you checked in. Here's your room. Go right here. And uh, it was really nice to go to the room. She's already like got little gifts there for us. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so cool. It's going to be great. And um, then we went and met up with her and like one or two other travelers that had already arrived. No, you're skipping ahead because we were in the hotel. (laughs) That was filled with like 400 pieces of taxidermy. So there was like a giant polar bear and every other piece of animal flesh that lives in Alaska. And there were tons of people that were already there. We met them all for dinner and we sat outside because it was still pretty nice weather on that day. Yeah, you're right. And okay, yeah, the taxidermy. I think what happened is I became sort of immune to taxidermy while we were there because yes, it was totally. in so many places that I it was everywhere. At first, it was shocking, and then it was kind of like, oh, more taxidermy. Hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> you're right. There were, there were a lot of people there. Most of the people were there. Yeah, and so we sat outside, and it was a little cool out but still warm because the sun was out and now we're like yeah. at like nine eight thirty nine o'clock at night and uh then there were these weird it wasn't mosquitoes they were like may mayflies is that what they were called yes swarming all around our faces <laughs> the, the swarming around your face like yeah. they 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 picked you out of everyone true. <laughs> I mean, it was it's true it was like it, it was yeah weird. What I remember most about that dinner was everyone starting to tell their ages and figuring out what a huge range of ages we had. Yeah. And then you and I were like the oldest people there, right? I mean, this was maybe the first time I've been somewhere where I felt like I was an older person. Well, I mean, you are much older than me. So I'm I'm, I'm used to you being a lot older. Uh, Yeah. uh Okay. But you're right. It was the first time I've ever felt like that too. Yes. Well, so as it turned out, as the trip progressed, basically we were the age of some of the other travelers' moms. Here we are traveling, (laughs) telling jokes and trying to be cute. And they're, I'm sure like, oh my God, these old women on this trip with us think that they're hilarious and they are old as hell. No, they they (laughs) knew we were hilarious. I I mean, mean, you're not wrong. No, cheers. All right. So the next day we... Cheers, cheers, our paper planes. So the next day we spend Anchorage and, you know, it was fine. It was kind of a low-key day. Nothing really exciting to report. And then the next morning, we got up super early, got on a, got in a van and took a ride up to a glacier. Is it the Manitouska? Manit- Manitouska? Manitouska? Uh, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It was a glacier. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the glacier. What was the glacier like? That was absolutely incredible. You know what a glacier is. And our guides like gave us 
especially the one guy, and I don't remember her name, but she was so full of energy and life and so exciting. And she just, she said the glacier, the glacier, the glacier is life. It is, it's living, it's breathing, it's moving. It's, you know, so you get really excited when they're with the enthusiasm is certainly contagious, but um, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, it's like, you know what it is, but you don't really know what it is. Like you keep, you just think of a mountain, but it's not like a mountain. It's, I was in awe and shocked and it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was amazing. They talked so much about it being a river of ice and about how the glacier is constantly moving. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think when you hear that, you think, oh yeah, it moves. And you don't realize that it moves like day to day. Like they would make reference to, oh, two weeks ago, this and this was over here or that thing wasn't here yet or whatever. It was amazing to me to think that it was moving that quickly. The other thing that blew my bloody mind was the fact that it's blue. When you look at a glacier, it's white and blue and not just like pale icy blue, like bright blue. And it has something to do with the way the light refracts. I'm not, it's because I don't remember the details. It was because it was an overcast day. Um, because I remember when we were on the way up there, they were saying, if it's sunny, you're going to be in a t-shirt. If it's cold or if it's overcast, like the way it was on the way there, it's going to be really cold. And when it's overcast, I guess it has something to do with the water vapor or something to where the way you see the glacier is blue. And if it's sunny, it looks completely white. That's why we saw so much blue because it was overcast. Well, so we got to put on metal spikes on the bottom of our shoes. I think they're called crampons or clamp cramp. Yes. Crampons. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Fun fact. Nice job. Um, And then we got to hike on the glacier. And because it went so quickly, we (laughs) got the added bonus of hiking uphill and then back downhill of another glacier part, which was such a a special treat for me. I was furious. I am not what you would call outdoorsy. And the notion of... mm -mm. That is also though where my fear about my shoes really came into play because I must have turned my ankle like seven times doing that. And it's because I was wearing sneakers. Now you're allowed to wear sneakers, but they were not good enough. Like I needed to have better quality shoes. Okay, so. I have notes. Number one. All right. <laughs> Number one. Thank goodness for Glacier Bill because he had in that same week built that bridge that we were able to walk over to go straight to the glacier and not do the extra mile around to get to the glacier. So yeah. So that let us go straight uphill <laughs> instead of on a flat area. So, what a, what a treat. I a- Thanks, Glacier Bill. <laughs> I am glad we didn't have to go in the mud though. That would have sucked. <laughs> but I have a feeling that's why we ended up with extra time because yeah. we were their first tour since that had happened. It seemed like. Yeah. Okay, so I think you're right. Yeah, so I don't know uh, your feelings on Glacier Bill, but he's the well culprit. They're mixed. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing is, one of the things they explained to us before we started hiking was that you know, you know, when when you're hiking on a mountain and you're in regular shoes and 
regular turf, no ice. When you're going downhill, for example, you have the tendency to put move your body like sideways, like at a 45 degree to keep yourself from falling. Well, this is like the way you do the glacier is super counterintuitive because instead of doing that sideways thing, which your body wanted to do, which is probably why your ankle did a little bit of that, you were supposed to go straight down, which you're... Your your brain, it's really hard to tell your brain to go straight down a mountain, mountain, glacier, whatever, a pitch like that. And then you, it, it was just a learning, it was just a very different experience. And um, yeah, Susan told everyone on the trip that she said, I am not what you would call an outdoorsy girl. I'm more of an indoorsy girl. <laughs> I am. I'm indoorsy. I did enjoy the next outdoorsy thing we did, though, which was our dog sledding. Oh, but wait, what about on the glacier when we got to drink water directly from the glacier? Yay. (laughs) It was so cool. I thought it was. It was cold and wet. Boo. It was cool. It was... I mean, I'm glad I got to do that. And honestly, I'm glad I got to go do all that glacier stuff. But you know how sometimes people are like, oh, I pushed through it and I'm so glad I did because I'm so proud I accomplished this. I was not proud of accomplishing any of that. I was pissed off. I was furious. Oh, you're like, I, I did not want, want that, that accomplishment. Bit. I didn't need the no, extra uh, <laughs> No, but if I would have said, no, I'm going to skip this part, you know everyone would have been like, you can do oh, it. Oh my God, I know. Believe in yourself. And then I would have had to kick people with my crampons. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have given them a crampon. So, you know what I'm saying? You know what correct, I'm saying? <laughs> correct. Abundo. All right. So, ba ba ba, cut to day two. We're going dog sledding. This is an extra excursion that wasn't in the itinerary. So, five of the group of nine of us went. And this involved taking a helicopter up to another glacier that we did not have to hike on (laughs) and then um, going dog sledding. What did you think about dog sledding? it, like I said, it's like one of my top three things I've ever done in my life. Same. And 100%. it was so cool. The helicopter ride in and of itself felt like a full, a, a whole nother excursion. I, I agree. And I'm a little bit like nervy about that kind of stuff. And I was a little bit scared, but it was still a wonderful experience. I still loved it. Yeah. And so you get up, you know, you take the helicopter ride up to the glacier and then to see it, when you get up there, you're like, oh my God, everything is white. And they told us, of course, later on that that's by design because they want to have minimal impact, you know, aesthetically and in and, and every way, really. So all the little structures, temporary structures that are there are all white and everything. So when you're coming onto the dog camp, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, you would see like almost nothing. You had to know what you were looking for, really. And it it was invisible. And then it was so teeny tiny. But before you could even see the teeny tiny stuff, you go over this ridge and it's like a bowl of pure white to the point that you just look like you're falling off the face of the earth. Like it just looks like nothing. Like the world has fallen away. It was wild. Truly, it was. It was wild. And the the whole experience, so we land, we get off, they 
the dogs are like so excited and just happy. I think when I walked into it, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, is this going to feel like one of those, you know, like captured animals that are servants indentured servant kind of situations but i mm-hmm. did not get that vibe at all they seemed like so happy so that's interesting and i probably should have done some research about this before we started this conversation but i get the sense when i expl- try to explain this to people that sometimes people feel some kind of way about it like that that's an evil practice. I I did not feel that way one stinking bit. No, because you all. saw the way that they're cared for and how happy they were. I mean, it was like, it, it, yeah. Exactly. So they hooked up the sleds and we just went in a big old loop all around the glacier. They had had what, like 12 inches of snow? The day before. The day before. Yeah. So everywhere we stepped, the snow was like up to my kneecaps. <laughs> it was crazy. And let's keep and in mind, then... this is in June. That they had 12 oh, yes, inches yes. of snow the day before. Yes. But on top of that glacier, I got hot and started peeling off layers because the sun came Oh, yeah. Out. Same. It was very... It got really hot after our sled ride for sure. And... We there were three of us on ours, so there was like a front seat, a middle seat, and a back seat where you had to press on the brakes. And you did that, of course, because you're the bravest one. Did you was that scary? Okay, well, listen, let's keep in mind when you say seat, the only the very front seat was an actual seat, the middle, right? The rest, the middle and the back, you were standing and holding on, and the back. You're, you've got the brakes, you know, like you said, and you, it's because it's a whole separate sort of uh, entity from the front sled. So the brakes on that one is just so you don't like slam into the sled in front of you. Mm. And it was terrifying in every way because you're holding on for dear life. I mean, you're not going crazy fast, but you're no you're being pulled and it's, it's, so then you have to like, well, it's something you've never done before. Exactly. So like, what who how do you know yeah and so then you have to lift up a foot and press it yes it was very scary but also so exciting and i'm the Mm -hmm. kind of person that's like i'm so glad i did that at the end you know i was so glad i did it and i thought i was just gonna ride in the front seat like where you didn't have to do anything scary because again indoorsy (laughs) um but our our guide talked me into doing the middle seat where I stood. And I was really glad that I did yeah. that, even though I was a little bit scared to do that. So that was a case where, yes, sometimes when you're brave, you can feel good about yeah. it. Just not when you're um, walking straight uphill on a glacier. <laughs> um, okay. So then day three was the boat day. So this was a six-hour boat ride. And it was... So interesting because we, you and I had both done this before where we went on big boats off the coast of Maine to see whales and puffins and wildlife. And those boats were like huge, like sightseeing boats with, you know, probably 100 people on them or whatever. Well, on the Alaska trip, these boats had, I think, six, six people. Yeah or something like that, each on them. They were tiny. And so you could see everything so up close. Again, yet another glacier was involved because we were 
taking the boat all the way out to a glacier and then all the way back. And there were all these different kinds of animals that we were supposed to see. You know, it just occurred to me that we did glaciers three days in a row, even though you... That is... Yeah, you see them everywhere you drive in Alaska and our guides would point out this and that. But it really just now, only just now occurred to me that that was the case. So, yeah. yeah. How about, how about that? It was a glacier. How about it? Uh, well, welcome to glacier country, <laughs> baby. Um, so it was really cool. I loved it. The I was especially loved it because I did not get seasick. So I broke my curse because I thought I was now a person to get seasick, but I'm not. So hell yeah for that. Um, we saw so many amazing things. We saw humpback whales, sea lions, otters puffins, which is my one of my favorite birds. We saw a black bear off on a rock. We saw all this stuff. And then we saw a pod of orcas. Oh, like just so wild, cool. which was so amazing and cool and special that I got tears in my eyes. It was a very long ride and felt like it would maybe never end, but it was amazing. And we got to see so much stuff. Okay. Okay. And then at the end of that, we get to this little like sea shanty town or whatever. And you turned to me (laughs) and said something so funny that I feel like you need to share it with the world. And what was it that you said? I don't even know how I worded it. But it was something to the effect of, I really don't care about seeing any of those animals. (laughs) (laughs) Like everyone was going around the lunch table like, wasn't it special when we saw a humpback whale? And wasn't it amazing that we saw this bear? And wasn't this thing and this thing? And you were like, you know, I, was, I not think I said really. I have a confession to make. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was cool, but I could have done with like an hour and a half instead of six hours. <laughs> and I think it'd have been good. Yeah, it was definitely long, but I feel like really, really, really happy that I saw those orcas. That was so cool. You know what my other favorite part of that was when we got to figure out what the code words were for all the animals. Oh, yeah. So our boat captain was on the radio with all of the other boat captains and they use these code words for the animals supposedly so that the passengers can't figure out what they're talking about so that they don't go like, oh, you saw blah, blah, blah. Let's go there because it might be something that's far, far away that we can't get to. And so I can't remember all of them, but I know like Honey Boy is a bear. Yeah. The other thing that was really cool, and this is like such a secondhand moment for somebody, like I appreciated that more than anything. Our captain, the excitement on his face when he dropped the, when we were by the orcas and he dropped the... um listening device, whatever that was, in the water to hear the way the orcas communicating with each other. Oh, yeah. The excitement on his face made me care because I did not at all. Yeah, that is absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. But I I love that was cool. I love that for him. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I loved it for me, too. But I loved it for him. Yes, totally. All right. So we had one more day that was like a day of, you know, itinerary and stuff planned. And as I think back on this trip, I realized that it it's very smartly planned. Like Megan 
is not her first rodeo, right? Because it starts with the really hardest thing and then it gets like progressively more relaxing and easier until the final day we spent at a Nordic spa. Wait a minute. When did we go to the wilderness or the wildlife refuge? We did that after dog sledding. I just skipped over that because... Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was that one animal that I thought was really cool, but all right. Uh, sure you I don't did. I remember its name though. I have a You're such an animal lover. I have a sticker of it. That really that ugly one. The Oh my god. <laughs> you are seriously hijacking my whole show to talk about this animal. Are you crazy? I don't even remember the name of it. It's like some kind of a musk ox. Musk ox. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> that was the ugliest, stupidest animal but I've ever seen in my life. But I kept calling it a muskrat, and it has this, <laughs> <laughs> this special fur or something called kivet or something like that that's really expensive. How, how dare you? I called this it is... kibbles and bits. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care so much about the animals, so I will try to make it fun for me, and that's okay. <laughs> This sounds like a good time to remind you that Cherish Tours is planning a bunch of once-in-a-lifetime trips, including a Nordic getaway that includes three countries, a glamping trip to an out-of-the-way spot in Utah, and a safari in Tanzania. Cherish trips are designed for women of all ages and walks of life, to have transformative adventures without the hassle of planning or traveling alone. One of the coolest parts about traveling with Cherish is that the excursions, the lodging, the meals are all arranged with local women in business. So you get an experience that is far more unique than a generic package tour. What I liked most of all was hanging with the other women on the trip. It was so gratifying to realize that we could have a blast together despite the fact that we came from very different backgrounds and perspectives. So if you want to have an experience like this, it's very easy to get started. The trip deposit is $500 and Cherish Tours offers payment plans to help you save up. Visit Cherish Tours to get all of the details. And just for Top Floor listeners, you can use the promo code TOPFLOOR to get $100 off. That's GoCherishTours.com, promo code TOPFLOOR. Okay, back to the show. I had never even heard of a Nordic spa before, but I guess it probably makes sense. And I think people who have been to Iceland know all about this. But it's just where you go from cold water to hot water to cold water to hot water to like a sauna or steam room or whatever. Um, But it was a really beautiful place. And we went there and got into a hot tub and then got in cold water. And I ended up doing a five-minute cold plunge, which I was very impressed with. I timed it. Like you literally did five minutes. You you didn't even believe me that it was five minutes. Like it didn't seem like that long at yeah, all. I was ultimate like super impressed. I literally ran in and out and didn't get below, I think, my chest. And uh you 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 kind of rocked that cold plunge. 
I will tell you that I loved visiting Alaska. I felt like it was such an amazing thing. All the stuff that we just described was really, really cool. But my favorite parts were hanging out at that house in Girdwood with all the other women just like talking and laughing and drinking wine and being ridiculous. Is that dorky of me to say that? No. I mean, I feel the same way. It was... I mean... Yeah, I guess overall, maybe my favorite parts. The other things were super, super, super cool. But I Of course. And I wouldn't want to go without having done that right. stuff. But like the... What made the trip was all of that. You know what I mean? Like what made it feel like a once in a lifetime was the fact that we were with this very diverse age group of people from all different backgrounds. And yet we all really got along so well and had so much fun together and just... Agreed. That was, it was so great. And I really liked the way that the trip was front and back ended or loaded or however you want to say it with hotel. And then this mm-hmm. this amazing, beautiful uh, house, cabin, chalet, whatever you want to call it in the middle. So it was really nice to kind of have that ease into it. Then we're all together and then you kind of ease out of it. Like I thought that was a really well-planned housing arrangements. Yeah, it was amazingly well. Megan knows what I she's mean, doing at the end of the day is what it boils down <laughs> to. She was an event planner. Yeah. Like she's not her first rodeo. Yeah. Okay. So before we head down to the loading dot cat, I feel like we should give a shout out to all of the women who are on the trip with us. Starting with Aubrey, who was our fearless travel guide. She did such an amazing job of keeping everyone on track and was such a pleasure to be around. Thank you, Aubrey. Thank you, Aubrey. And of course, you've got your uh, daughter, Monica. Okay, maybe she's not really your daughter, but she was your daughter (laughs) on the trip. One of my two daughters, the other of whom was Melissa. Oh my God. And then we have the rock princess, Cynthia, who gathered and collected rocks at every possible opportunity. And then gave them to each of us as gifts. It was really like the cutest thing. And I still have them. And I have one in my purse right now. Are you serious? And uh, and then Crystal, who uh, got, I think she got some of the silica, which is, I guess, what comes from the glaciers because she's an esthetician. So she could give facials with that stuff from the glaciers. Oh, that's cool. And then Jen, who led us in yoga, another thrilling adventure for me because of my athleticism. No, I'm just kidding. I actually really enjoyed it. She's such a good yoga instructor. She's what really good. What an impressive good. person. She read the room and really... She was... Yes. Oh, and she did... Speaking of readings, tarot <laughs> card readings. Yes, yes. Which yeah. I thought that She's was neat. She's just an impressive, interesting person. Yeah. Is that everybody? Did you forget your own daughter? Oh, see, I, I really think of us more of sisters and not really a mother-daughter <laughs> thing. <laughs> because you don't want to be an older person. Okay. Oh, Anna, my Anna, who just like me had already over 
thought, every weather pattern, every this, every that. And we had a, a shared love of that. Oh my God. I thought we mentioned her first. I would never forget her. <laughs> Excellent. So that is our shout out to all of our fellow travelers. And now we are sort of going to head to the loading dock. Although we don't really need to go too far because in Alaska, we definitely noticed something interesting, which is that everywhere that we went, like every restaurant, not not in Alaska, in Anchorage, everywhere we went, not to the loading dock, but in the front of the house, there was a unique common thread among the people who were working there. Going down. Do you want to describe it, Kat? Yes, I do. Because I was slightly alarmed. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us more. Very intrigued. They were all openly drinking while they were working. Openly drinking while they were working. So you've got a chef. We sat at this little dive place and we're like at a chef's counter. And this guy keeps getting Jack on the rocks brought to him as he's preparing delicious food. But also, by the way. With very sharp knives. Yes. And and hot During the daytime at lunch. Well, but to be fair, it could have been nine at night. We would have never known. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't. It It was lunchtime. But for them, I mean, it's not like, you know, they're waiting for sundown. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, true. It was quite bartenders, bartenders, cooks, every, every lots of people. And just wide openly drinking, you know, I think it's probably pretty common for people to take a nip here and there on their shift. Like you remember uh, Michael Checky Azzolino, whose book, uh, Your Table is Ready, talks very openly about people drinking on the job. So we know that that happens, but I think I may have thought that had been wrapped up like in the 2000s and that wasn't allowed anymore, but not so much in Anchorage. I, yes, it, it was a sight to be seen for sure. <laughs> well, Kat Meek, thank you so much for joining me for episode 100 and for our epic adventure in Alaska. And very much thanks to Megan Grant and Cherish Tours for allowing us to go on the trip. Big congratulations to you, Susan. 100 episodes is a super big deal. So proud of you. I love listening. Everybody I know that listens just learn something new every single week. And so proud of you. And you're amazing. Mwah, 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 mwah. Oh, stop. Thanks. Love you. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot believe we've made it to episode 100. You can find the show notes, including a photo album from mine and Kat's trip to Alaska at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 100. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. 
have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode.